0: want to check us out on all of our social media platforms on twitter at tinfoil hat cast backslash r backslash tinfoil
1: hat show on instagram at tinfoil hat pod or all t-shirts.com email us at tinfoil at gmail.com
0: because if you want daddy to get mad daddy's gonna get mad get mad <laughs>
1: Here we go again.
2: Tinfoil hat. For the children. We
1: teach the children. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and welcome to Tinfoil Hat, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. What a wonderful week to be alive. It's an amazing time in the world of conspiracies. Uh, things are moving. Things are popping. We're excited to announce that. I keep trying to get the date. They haven't told me the, the ex- excuse me. I'm trying to get the, the exact time. It's going to look like it's 3 or 4 o'clock. For Tinfoil Hat co- live at Skankfest this Sunday coming out. So if you're in New York or in the New York area, hey Toronto, come get weird, dog. It's not that far of a drive. That's right. So go to uh, what was that skankfestnyc.com.com dot com dot com. Grab your tickets now. I don't know how big the room is going to be. So, uh, I hope you guys can come have fun. It's going to be with the very hilarious, you can see, is a Netflix 15-minute special. uh, Tim Dillon from Tim Dillon's Going to Hell. So, that is great. Guys on the Patreon, we just cranked out two. We're about to put two out. I know you didn't get one last week. It was Fourth of July weekend, and uh, everybody was kind of doing their own thing. So you will get two this week, two great ones, one in the smothering heat, and the other one last night with our good friend George Kimmel. So that will be available. And, guys, that's a great way to support the show. Now, we just got in 500 subscriber alert, which is a big thing that uh, Ryan's oh, excited about. Oh, man. Okay, Ryan did, uh, made a deal with you guys. If we got the 500 subscribers, Ryan would be into furries. He would become a furry. We're going to let you pick which animal, too. Mm-hmm. I want, what? What would you want? Wolverine, maybe? Or, uh, I want a red
1: panda. I mean, I think it goes with who I am internally, but... <laughs>
0: Uh, Red to- panda would be interesting. Uh, can you do the? Pa- Why does it always seem like they're woodland animals?
1: We can go weird. I mean, I'm down to be porcupine. Can you go porcupine? I think you have to be furry. Maybe we could find a furry reptilian. All right, sort of man. Ahead. So
0: we're gonna let you not only uh, not only is he gonna do, it, but you're gonna pick the character they goes to one of these conventions and see him get weird. And if we're lucky. It will stick with him, and that will be his new lifestyle. Uh, so go to that. And then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the, the – oh, the shirts. The yeah, shirts. check out the shirts, guys. Check out the shirts real quick. Uh, super excited. So many uh, Tinfall hat shirts. We got brand new ones coming out, and uh, it's a great way to support the show. Again, you know, without you guys, uh, we'd be nervous. Uh, obviously, the show is growing because yesterday Alex Jones uh, mentioned our tour. Uh, I was talking about Eddie Bravo, he's got a very successful tour, like the tinfoil hat comedy, you know, so uh, we're on the radar, so I want to welcome all the new NSA, CIA, and FBI agents who are now listening, please subscribe, I know you're part of the system, but just give us five stars if you could on the internet, that would be nice of you, I know you're not all bad people, some of you guys are good guys, working for the Alliance, we love you, you black hats. We're watching, okay? You're watching us, we're watching you, okay? Uh, Joining us in studio, uh, very excited to have him on the show. He is a friend of mine for a very long time. It's a very interesting thing where sometimes you're you're, you're interacting all the time and then just life happens and you go one way, I go one way and through the magic of Facebook, we stay in touch and uh, so... Uh, I don't know why I thought of you, but you had contacted me about something, and then I kind of started talking to him about his new, his new cool podcast, and it is uh, called Money and Fear, and it's on the NewsBud website. I believe that's NewsBud.com, and uh, I mean, dude, I, you know you're constantly seeing independent news being demonized. And and it's like the amount of work it takes to put out this information and to just want to BS people is unbelievable to me. It's like, what is the rational idea behind that? Why would they lie? Why would they work so hard? Look at this website. How hard they work on getting out the truth. These people on NewsBuds are laying their lives on the line to get you the truth. So you should go and support them. So it's. I'm proud to bring on my good friend from the again from the podcast Money and Fear on the NewsBud Network. Please welcome my good friend, Pi An, Pi Ian, Pi Ian, Pi Ian. Yep.
1: Why did I fuck that up, dude? You should be happy, man. This should be your thing. You should imagine if you had a Tonight Show, it'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, B-Rock Obama. Obama. I went Uma. to it, and
0: I'm like, say the name, and it just went,
2: hi, Ann, how are you, buddy? I'm very good. I'm, to quote my friend Gazal, who you know, I'm very Ringo right now. I'm just happy to be here. Oh, dude. So don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, butcher my name as much as you want.
0: No, no, dude. And I'm With sorry about that. With all apologies to we Ray Stark. You got it. There you go. Um. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast yeah. real quick. So
2: great to see you, by the way. First of all, this show kicks all variety of ass. Thank and, you, dude. Uh, I haven't seen you in years, but you look What happened? Like we were like, we I were... Just, ju- I we... was like, I hate this guy, and I want him dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by any means necessary. <laughs> so you're just like, like honestly, everybody like praying, I've ever met in my life. Praying, please, establishment with a capital E, slices his throat.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey dude, he's predicted one of us will be yeah. murdered in five years. No. So just And
2: I love how you're like a thin Zal- Zach Galifianakis meets the... Uh, The proper Christ in Scorsese's film from 30 some odd years ago. Hey,
1: that's better than Charles Manson. I usually get that. So, hey. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
0: people love him. Now he's like, now this hair is, now you're, 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 it's a production at this point. This isn't just like, I woke up herbal essence yeah. shit. This yeah. is like, there's a makeup lady involved. Huge. We've worked
2: on huge.
1: putting on the headphones. Yeah. There may or may not be a hot oil treatment <laughs> involved every now and then.
2: Huge envy factor over your hairline, by the way. Hey, that it's, just means you have more real. testosterone. Yeah, if I could come up with the means of actually implanting in the, in the way to make it look like yours, I can retire.
1: We'll be there with gene therapy in about 10 <laughs> years. Everyone's going to have a lion's mane. You'll but see.
2: Are they going to work <laughs> on large penises?
0: Like I, I, I got, I'm proud of my penis. Why would you have w- to worry? But not I would like. N- I mean, I, I would
1: like to have a wrecker. No, no, they're going to decrease vagina size. The ratio. Oh, so will no. still... Poor ladies,
0: they just mm-hmm. can't catch a break. Mm-mm-mm. Why do they got to work on it? Why can't we work on something for
1: them? Well, no one wants to have a, a, cesare- a like actual birth, anyway. So they're all being ripped out of the stomach. So it's natural order. Controversy. Hey I, guys, I'm a little jealous because I'm looking here at two gentlemen with glasses, yes. and I've always wanted. To have glasses, but I have like eagle eye vision. grass is greener. So I've been, every day, I've been going outside when the sun rises, and I've been staring at the sun what for five minutes. What are you doing minutes. that for? I'm trying to increase the ability for me to have contact. I've okay. worn glasses well, since the
2: age of nine. Really? I'd rather, I'd rather be you. Bob Nickman had a great joke back in like 89, 90. He said, I take these off, I have trouble hearing. <laughs> so that's pretty much my case. Well, before. these
1: guys might be for you. That's why uh, you got to check out our
0: friends at Simple context. That's right. Simple context. There's a million things demanding your time. Context lenses shouldn't be one of them. Simple contact lets you renew your prescription and reorder your contacts from anywhere in minutes. Your couch. Yep. The office. Yep. Indeed, the doctor's office is now wherever you are. Simple context. Vision test is self-guided and takes five minutes. Think of how much you save compared to the compared to making an appointment, getting to the eye doctor, taking time off, etc, etc, etc. A Designed, it's designed by doctors and licensed ophthalmologists. Review every test carefully to make sure your eyes look healthy and take your vision and that your vision hasn't changed. Simple Contact has all the brands and all the types of lenses you're 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 familiar with. So you will have to uh, you don't have to shop around. You can just find the lenses at the best price. Simple Contact has been rated five stars over. Almost 5,000 times on the App Store. You can text w- with the support team and always get to speak with a person in person. Or on the line. No automated robot systems here. Hmm. It's summer and there's no shortage of reasons to, to have contacts on hand. Beaches, vacations, outdoor activities, weddings. Use simple contact to stock up for the season. The vision test is only $20 compared to an appointment with uh, without insurance costs up to $200. The contact lenses are prices are unbeatable standard shipping is free and best of all we're offering a promotion to our listeners here at tinfoil half we want you to hear this Potent, potential presence is is what is expected versus reality so listen so you mm-hmm. you're thinking about having getting contacts i'm thinking because this combination is creepy to chicks
1: Oh, hats and glasses? Glasses. Like, I look like I
0: should be smart, and then I'm not. And then they're like, oh, that's a bad way to go through life, blind and dumb. Maybe you should get double monocles. Dude, have, why hasn't the monocle come back? Dude, I'm you're bringing it back. No, I'm not, because I'm going to Simple Contacts. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's right. Use our offer. Get $20 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com backslash tinfoil20. That's right. Or just enter the... Uh, enter our code tinfoil20 at checkout. It is $20 off with your unique with our unique URL and promo code. That's right, just say it tinfoil20. That's tinfoil20. Now this is not a replacement for your pe- periodical full eye exam. you got to go get tested, man. We only test that your current prescription still helps you see 2020 and renew that prescription. We don't write completely new RXs or examine eye health. You have to get it done, guys. And that is my best chance at reading a doing the read for simple contact. Back to money and fear. Thanks for sitting through that, my friend. Uh, I'm just killing it on these reads. I'm so proud you gotta of myself. Got business. Hey, dude. I've been taking podcast reading classes, and uh, they say I'm advancing to the final class. Damn. It is good. It's just me and a bunch of podcast nerds. Wishing one chick would come to class. That's really...
2: That was thinking. expert.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So get it. What
2: is Money and Fear? So Money and Fear is the show I do for News, but I came up with the title because for the longest time I've kind of observed status anxiety and other things through society and just really kind of philosophically questioned what money per se is and not just you a know, trite sense of like, oh, it's a numeraire and it's a store of value and it's a means of exchange, which everybody kind of knows, but... Uh, Really, the you know, if you're looking philosophically and, and uh, esoterically at emotions like fear, you know, the Hicks and otherwise, like you know, there's two emotions, uh, fear, or love. Um, you know, fear, uh, money dictates fear, more often than not, more often than not, more uh, effectively than practically anything else on earth, up to and including the threat threat of death itself.
0: Well, you know, the the famous uh, philosopher over, you know, who said many, many, many moons away, uh, uh, more money, more problems. That was Notorious B.I.G., and that is true, you yeah. know. He's right up there with Kierkegaard. 100%. Kafka. Yeah. I've seen that debate before, you yeah. know, and people talk, you know, people think money will solve their problems, and most time money causes way more problems.
2: It does. So I was just like, why, and, and what I mean, like it, it causes fear more so than the threat of death itself is because not even like the hyper, hyper wealthy, but just like the upwardly mobile middle class or whatever you want to call them, like people with, you know, roughly six, seven uh, figure net worth uh, are, would rather be dead than homeless. And if, you know, you just bluntly get them drunk or whatever, you get the honest truth out of them. Uh, they could not tolerate, and you know that's why everyone just kind of looks straight forward when they see homeless mm. coming up to their windows while they're driving. Is because not because they'd rather that person die, but they're deathly afraid that if they really screw up over the next you know quarters <coughs> as far as uh, returns, you know God forbid the inertia takes them to that, and that's not hyperbole because. The homeless population in the country, heck, in this city in L.A., yeah, and not you know it's like there's fresh homeless. There's people that are you know only maybe a couple of years removed from having a house, or you know they have multiple degrees. uh, And a coffee bean a year and a half ago, I'm sitting there talking to a lady who, according to her, and again I don't know her from Eve, but she claims to have grown up blocks down the street in Manhattan from David Rockefeller's uh, mega apartment and worked for Microsoft up in Redmond as a marketing executive uh, many moons ago. And so you know, without being rude, and this is just an exchange at a coffee bean, but I, I didn't want to ask her, like, how did you go from there to here? Like, you're literally homeless, like, pushing, you know, and the conversation started because I held the door open for her, and she was kind, and I was, you know, just, but, um, but she was emblematic of, of just and of what I'm kind of adding up on my own. So um, I've ranted, I've written independently on economics. Um, I, I've i jumped through all these hoops as an immigrant kid, you know, from a conservative family where families like study hard, you know, get the degrees, earn respect, and you'll be taken care of. And all of those rules are seemingly, most of them at least, are out the window because we're, you know, like uh, frogs in a in a pot of boiling water Oof. as far as like a very Stasi, East European, uh, East German 50 years ago sense of denial. Everyone's just kind of walking around thinking things are cool. Yeah. With the government just literally tactically lying vis-a-vis the information that they provide. Oh,
0: for sure. Which I know
2: you guys have covered. This is a great show. Mm -hmm. You guys are providing a mobile sense of kind of perennial knowledge and uh, uh, university on wheels, really, in a sense. Like people could... I would surmise that millennial or otherwise kids could, you know, just go through the hundred plus episodes of what you guys have done, and you know, just start piecing things together in a fashion that would be a, uh, an ontological revolt against their quote unquote book knowledge or K through twelve, and then even higher education. So, oh, on that sure, sense, dude. money and fear really came out of you know realizing that the numbers, for instance, that the government puts out on core economic fundamentals you know this might be just trite for listeners at this point but it's just not reality so the way like for instance unemployment you know unemployment is well north of 20 percent if you're actually counting people with pulses
1: hmm. But, know, but they say that it's down to 4%. No,
2: for, uh, for a, a myriad of from strategic... From percent 9%. I mean, it's just, always been yeah, over... Yeah, look, well, that- look how we killed off that almost depression uh, in 08, mm-hmm. and we've managed to bring it down to 3.8% or whatever the prior month was. But that's only if you're counting people that are collecting unemployment right. from the government. And thus, if you're piecing it together, like you know most of the, your listeners and viewers do, and you're sitting there, oh yeah, it's not in the government's incentive system to tell the truth about unemployment or the real inflation rate you know they take fuel and food out it's like what most people are uh, reliant upon they take those tactically out uh, as well as like insurance and education costs and a rent I mean things where people are just like that's why the homeless population has grown is because you can't afford anything uh, and wage growth hasn't gone anywhere uh, for too many moons but you turn on CNBC you turn on Bloomberg Wall Street Journal, L.A. Times' business section, whatever, and it's just complete hunky-dory as if it's 1999 <laughs> or even 2004. Well, let,
0: let's get into yeah. real quick
2: <clears throat> about what is going on in this country.
0: Mm-hmm. Let, how, let's start with this homeless discussion that you're having and the lack of empathy from certain people into this uh, what is going on. Uh, what, there is a movement – Uh, from the right uh, to demonize homeless people and to demonize the process in which these guys uh, have ended up on the street and that process is they're blaming it on socialism now you've seen this video where they're like look at what socialism gets you in california and i jump on there all the time i go excuse me uh, California is a state in the United States, and we are a capitalist society. This is a result of capitalism. Mm-hmm. This is a result of no longer caring about the middle. And the middle is now gone, and now it's become this. There's no safety net at all. It is the 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 grabbing of this incredible amount of greed that is out there. In, in terms of money that will never be spent in a million years
1: mm-hmm. to... That it's just never enough. They say that the the percentage from 2016 to 2017 was one percent of the American population became homeless. That's one percent. Mm. If you extrapolate that out, and we see how fast things happen, it's not just going to be two percent in 2018. It's going to always double then triple. It these things can be like what you do it's important when i was telling you before the mic's turned on i'm someone that's not into financial or politics no one but is it's important to be into that yeah. if you're not it's the idea of-
2: but but ryan what yeah. do, what do you mean by like that's the thing is exactly. a rhetorical question what do you mean by being into There's the people in finance that i know uh family friends otherwise that are not into finance that they work in the sector and that's by design because what is quote-unquote finance and economics look i have Two degrees, higher ed, you know, graduate. I, I was finishing, this is motivation-wise over the past uh, 18 years. I was finishing my graduate thes- like dissertation for grad school, and I turned it in, uh, you know, international finance degree, uh, on September 3rd, 2001. Hmm. Okay. So, like, a little over a week after that, and I'm, I'm just kind of enjoying the next two weeks after that. Uh, in England, you know, before I started head, uh, planning to head back, and then 9/11 happens, and then really just kind of shoulder rolling from there, I'm just like, what the hell? Like all this formal education that I had had up until 30, either you know K through 12, college, grad school, working in between college and grad school, is just like been gradually chipped away as intuition grew over. Wow, lies and a lot of them. And tactically deployed, and so many that you know oh, the shoot. liars themselves like start to lose the the sense of the grip over them, mm. and so yeah, five hundred books later, not kidding, uh, from graduate schools end in two thousand and one, and not for not you are not supposed to read you know <laughs> Quigley and Sutton and uh, yeah, C Wright Mills might have been uh, out there uh, the power elite when you are in high school or whatnot, but reading it critically vis-a-vis, you know, shows like yours or other guidance online or mentors who, like, pull you aside and they're like, well, this is what it really means. That's what I was getting to. With esoteric agnostic, you know, the stuff that you guys had talked about, it's like roundabout way of saying, like, if you're just going to take finance, you know, economics is not a science. Like, you know, physics, force Mm -hmm. equals mass times acceleration, that's science. Economics, like, long-term yield, you know, trying to quantify human behavior as much as possible is a cult more so than it is an actual science Ah. and less of a science is economics than sociology than political philosophy than history and thus economics is purposefully stripped as a academic discipline and within the field uh of you know finance from uh necessary monetary history from philosophy yeah, they, it was in, in the Atlantic a few years ago. Some student, grad student, asked uh, Henry Kissinger, of oh. all people, like, how do I get to be you? you know, how do I get to be Henry Kissinger? And Kissinger's answer is study history and philosophy. And this is the person who more or less spearheaded, I was oh. hearing on one oh. of your shows earlier, not just atrocities in Chile and, yeah. and Cambodia, but the transference from gold standard to the petrodollar standard yeah. With Nixon. Yeah. And, you know, Bill Simons had a treasury, but it's Kissinger who's more or less in charge because he is the acolyte of the transatlantic establishment, capital E, and not just the Rockefellers and Rothschilds and whatnot, but really money so wealthy, individuals and families and clans so wealthy that they could afford requisite anonymity. So... Well, that's what you always say about the... uh, No, who is it?
0: Uh, Our friends at the conspiracy farm, you know? Jeffrey Wilson always talks about, like, if you know their name, they're not the power ones. You -hmm. know, and that's always been my thought about the Rothschilds. It's like, as bad as they are, and they Mm -hmm. are, I think they use them as the boogeyman. They're they're employees. I mean, in a sense. And and it's like these black nobility motherfuckers who've been like bankers since the day, since... Basically, the Roman days. But I want to get into something with you is mm-hmm. this lack of um, any kind of interest, you know, back to with the walking by the homeless people, mm-hmm. but this lack of any interest in, like, real news, uh, real what's going on, uh, how we've watched this with these kids and these border patrols and the the uh, how these power elite people play guitar, they play us like a guitar, they strum us, and we wail. Mm-hmm. And they tell us when to wail. And then they tell us when no longer the wail about that. Mm-hmm. And it just, you remember when they were Nazis under everybody's bed? Where are the Nazis now? Where are the Nazis? You know? North Korea was going to bomb. And then this, then these blatant lying where it's like, oh, this guy's going to flip on Trump, and that guy's going to flip on Trump, and then nobody flips on Trump. And not that Trump's a good guy, but this blatant movement, which is maybe... Just this a theater game being done that Trump is just as as in as Obama, which is, I'm fine
2: with believing in. Um, but Trump's th- not in charge of anything. R- okay, and now there was something. Obama before him. Right. I mean, so it's, it's a little great, of that, we little, talked Great about little that. snippet of JFK on, on YouTube. Um, very very bright man and too bright apparently uh, for the office that he uh, held. Uh, straight up saying, like, you know, there's many that claim that this office that I'm in is really a glorified spokesperson role on behalf of uh, fraternal organizations, which <laughs> overspoke. And I sense he knew what he was doing. But that's not what the Constitution says. And he's, you know, he's citing uh, his, his uh, Democratic Party predecessor, Truman. And that's really <coughs> the last viably independent person within the White House that was Jeffersonian, Jeffersonian and going off of uh, – the textbook case of what you and I learned from whatever fifth grade through 12th grade as far as American civics and history. There's an establishment that runs things. The person who occupies the White House is effectively a representative of that establishment, and it's not simply a domestic establishment. So Trump, in a sense, is uh, celebrating a glorified retirement, personal retirement uh, in the White House uh, while, you know, having everything prepared for him on a practically daily if not hourly basis. This is what you say. This is what you do. Meanwhile, the people actually running things on an operational level differ nothing from Obama or Bush too prior to him. That's
0: why they have them both in each other's administrations. Uh, He was a former blah, blah, blah in this administration and then when Obama had Bush people in his administration and, and people are just like Nobody seemed to be upset about that because they weren't told to be because upset about
2: that. Because people's trip, your education or excuse for it from primary school on is considered sacred. And so we just had the 4th of July and everyone's out there like by by order mandate, cultural mandate, like blowing everything up <laughs> and celebrating freedom and just literally, again, frog in a boiling pot of everything that's around you. And yet you're still going to go on with this facade rather than the viable patriotism of like, look, turn everything off and sit and read and be fine in the boredom of what you're reading, but really break through and try and understand things and then piece things together. So people, what, what answer your question, like they walk by the homeless, why are they oblivious? Fear. Okay, it's going back to the sense of fear, like half of the uh, title of my show. Fear is, a, is an extremely potent, possibly the most potent uh, deployable emotion for the individual, you know somebody in an abused relationship, or for the collective, you know it's like Rumsfeld, however many years ago during the Bush two administration, uh, paraphrasing uh, from Machiavelli himself said it's better to be feared than to be loved, and that's really the mo to proceed with with most things. And so what is status anxiety like? It's you know it's like the line in Wall Street one: how much is enough, Gordon? How many yachts must you jet ski behind? And he's, he comes back with it's not enough. Pat's It's all kind of very shrewdly discussing the you know what is fear and so when you look at things alchemically somebody like ayn rand who's like semi-profit in this hyper-capitalist market fundamentalist post-world war ii uh you know wider culture and zeitgeist you know what did she do i mean she took uh greed which any and all greed any and all greed can and you, you explain know, we, to our listeners, because yes. I know who you're talking about, yeah. but explain to them who, who you're discussing. Right Ayn Rand? Yeah. Ayn Rand was a uh, uh, Russian emigre who um, you know, a hundred years ago uh, came from Russia through Europe into the United States and was a screenwriter and novelist but has been donned more or less as, as f- philosopher status by her, by her adherents. Who by are the cult. right, right? By Jesus. the cult. Well, uh, some will claim libertarian status, others, yeah, you know, conser- you know, Paul Ryan uh, swears by Ayn Rand despite being raised Catholic, maybe because of it. Um, so she's she was a novelist, but has been kind of put on a pedestal of of really just philosopher by those that are Randians or whatever you want to call them. And you know it's it's black magic in a lot of ways. To she t- died broke, right? Like, didn't she die? And, and, yeah, and that the irony of like people claim that she, you know she. She was sitting there ranting against, uh, you know, the, the welfare state and, and uh, you know, the private sector and, and uh, the worshipping of, like, the alpha male. Uh, she'd worship you. <laughs> <Just like the laughs> she wrote the very fountainhead, fountainhead, Atlas and, Shrugged. Yeah, Atlas Shrugged, and then a whole myriad of, of uh, literature out there that, that basically what, you know, it's like if you look at it, uh, she took greed, and any and all greed is backed by fear. All mm. greed is fear. Okay, uh, yes. I was trading commodities several Yoda. years ago. So our version of Hal Holbrook from Wall Street One, the trader, uh, trading uh, trainer, John Shannon, he said, uh, we have two emotions that we deal with with our clients for trading uh, commodities, greed and fear. So prices are rising. Everybody's greedy. They want in. Prices are tanking. Everyone's fearful and wants out. Yeah. And then he paused because he's like this eccentric guy who studied Buddhism on the side despite his uh, – Uh, career and he said but you know all greed is fear and that kind of clicked in me despite training for doing the boiler room stuff that that company entailed and it just furthered my sense of wanting to figure out what's going on there so Rand uh, Elisa Rosenbaum she took greed which was uh, which is fear and flipped it from vice to virtue in this in this culture Hence why Paul Ryan and his ilk worship Ayn Rand. Yep. Hence why, regardless of what you study, you know, I'm a brain surgeon, or I'm a commodity trader, or you know, I'm a radio host, or whatever. It's like if if you kind of swear by Rand, or at least kind of tip your hat off, you're you're, you're giving the indication that you're on board the train. That you know, this is <coughs> this is the way to kind of go about thinking. Is uh, you know, the survival of the fittest mentality you know, this kind of neo-Darwinian sense of you know, you're either making it or you're not without any sense of ceiling to it. So it's never enough. Hence. It's never enough. So, you know, you you have uh, a $30 million house on the cliffs in Laguna Beach mm-hmm. or Ma- Malibu or whatnot. And yet you still have what's-his-face uh, across the lagoon or across the cliff who's doing an add-on. What the hell's going on there? Yeah. Or just like micro, you know, it's like I have the bends and I like it. But how did this dude have – what's he doing that he's got two Teslas now? It's not enough to just have the S. Now he's got the – state. so it's always working away the status anxiety because it's never enough. And it's the second Wall Street uh, from 2010 where uh, the greed is good equivalent uh, for me uh, was uh, Michael Douglas to Shia LaBeouf. says, see, um, that's what you never got, kid. It's not about the money. It's about the game. The game between people, and that's all it is,
0: dude. We did a podcast on that. Remember, it's like you find success when you figure out the game—the game that's being played. The game between men and women. When the guy figures out what women like, he figures out the game, and he and he gets the women. You know, when you figure out how. Like I have friends of mine—I won't say their name—that are extremely successful in this town because these people figured out. The game. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the game, and I just hate the game. What is the game? The game is virtual signaling, playing to the game, No, uh, nothing dangerous. Mm-hmm. Biting unless tongue. it's acceptable dangerous, mm-hmm. okay? And they break it down, and it's all virtual signaling. It's all social uh, engineering. People hate when I say that over again. But it is, at the highest level, social engineering. Engineering man, down to this, these, this uh, can can uh, basically designed race wars we have. Uh, where you know when you really look into it, nobody talks. Let's take let's take the Charleston, uh, uh the big neo Nazi Charleston. Well, it turns out this guy was actually part of the whole uh, uh, Operation Wall Street stuff. And at the time, I thought that was an amazing thing, but now I'm starting to realize that maybe that was. A, a social engineer event to get people to fight with each other occupy no, wall street occupy yeah, wall street yeah. stuff and like notice that.
2: how it just kind of went away almost like in, in an afternoon and it's or a just
0: weekend. like oh we're done yeah. and now everybody goes and you're like that is so contrived and like it. and this guy was on both sides of those he worked for the occupy wall street people and then he organized the neo-nazi walk where like like I don't like Nazis, but I've seen these guys, these rednecks before, and they don't show up in khaki pants and tiki torches with perfectly groomed hair. They don't. They have leather. Fuck this and that, and they're carrying Confederate flags mm-hmm. or Nazis. That's it's like it's so contrived. And when the news picks something up and it's everywhere, mm-hmm. question the fuck out of it. That's mm-hmm. why I gotta say. But what I what I don't understand is how nobody. Sees what's coming, and that is this crash that's going on, and nobody cares because they just have. I want to get into a couple of things. in this town. This virtual signaling. I understand why there's some people who don't want to say anything dangerous, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, on their podcasts, and their jokes, because to make it in this town, you have to have anonymous people greenlight you. And you just never know when you might warrant to somebody with a bug in their ass and they didn't like your shoes or they didn't like a tweet and they just use that for a reason for you not to get this job. Mm -hmm. So this uh, this whole thing is like you have to act like you play ball, which is this fucking Democratic lapdog bullshit that goes out here where like Obama separating kids at uh, uh, 60,000 over eight years complaints is doesn't mean anything because they didn't tell you that. But now this has come up went a year and a half in to Trump's administration. And now this is a big event and whether Trump and Obama are different, but it's like, why is this upsetting? Why are people pooing on pedo gay and like all these crazy conspiracy guys yet? Boom. Dude, kids in cages. All of a sudden, it's the end of the fucking year, and it's like it's all be orchestrated. And over time, as we pull out jobs, and we we you know people call a uh, socialism redistribution of the wealth. And I'd love to hear your take on that. But uh, you know capitalism. Let's look at capitalism, dude. Where's the middle class right now? Right now in the United States, in Europe, they're fucking gone because all the jobs went down to South America and to China.
2: And guess what? That's is to me redistribution of the wealth. Well, there's socialism within very hyper levels of very high levels of capitalism for sure and they so, don't you know, see like, that uh, you know the head of tesla and and other hyper billionaires that kind of get these consistent or just subsidies from the government and whatnot it's like if it's genuinely a quote unquote free market in the genuine like kind of libertarian sense then stuff would be failing left and right the other thing is that i've noticed and uh, it's not it's less and less controversial of a claim is markets are rigged. I mean, that's not, For that's sure. not tinfoil hat. It's like, it's everything from, okay, so, oh, wait, we never formally, we've never fully recovered from the 2008 financial crisis, neither by the measurements that I mentioned earlier, as far as unemployment and inflation, the metrics, you know, participation rate, no wage growth and whatnot, but um, just, you know, the wider sense of pr- production It's not, Pre 08. It's not, you know, pre, you know, dot-com bubble bursting, which some argue that's really when the kickoff happened was when, you know, 2000, 2000 when the dot-com bursting happened. So it's, it's, uh, as I say, uh, you know, it's a perception issue and we never, we never fully got out of the O eight crisis and yet everything is sold as if it's perennial prosperity because so much relies upon our dollar as the global reserve currency our bonds as the core you know thing to hold uh, as far as investments overseas um and so the facade must be maintained at all times, regardless of the reality, hence why you have very high real unemployment, but you're using different metrics, and you know those old metrics like from the seventies don't really count right. and, you know in ninety four it shifted because Move of the internet the so Move it's three the nine, yeah. so it's 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 it, it begs the question over if you're a sentient being and able to actually put you know. String together and like gauge a sense of what's actually off, but because of the fear, yeah, you know, it's like I was working at a real estate investment trust 2004 through 2006, and I'm reading contrarian authors Richard Duncan, James Turk, uh, R- Robert prector These guys writing books about the fundamentals of the economy just being tweaked. The economy is just this is a make sh- make real. Uh, this isn't this is it's make theater. believe. This is make believe. And I'm, you know, I'm in corporate, so I purposely wore this novice shirt today. As a, you, you look
0: great, dude. Blue my, my favorite color. Instead of
2: my uh, minor threat T-shirt, I wore this just to kind of make <laughs> make the point. But I'm, you know, I'm kind of being semi-loud. You look more professional. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I like It's you. out of respect to you. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sitting there at this firm like 14 years ago. It's like, yeah, you know, I just read this thing, and the number of acts, and you know, and people are like, that's fun. But can you stay on the page? Like, can like you're. Like there's no need to be pessimistic when we're actually killed, <laughs> we're killing it. And this is like a souped-up yeah. mortgage firm all day. Eventually, they get into subprime, making literally slaughtering. And who are they dealing with? Is kind of, you know who are they selling and and doing deals with Bear Stearns, the usual suspects in New York. So the heads of the firm would tout, "Oh, I'm going to New York. Oh, we're going to pitch again." But I'm sitting there reading stuff from people that are like, you know, you know, sitting there going, "This is unsustainable." So where did that firm go uh, during and after the 08 crisis from like 800 people down to like 40? And the friends that I did have there, like, you know, I wish you were still around, Pi, because you were unpopular when you were crowing uh, during the good times. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's like everyone, and it's like the head of Citigroup said this uh, when they were questioning him during like congressional testimony. He's like, look, when the music's playing, you have to get up and dance. So he's using the metaphor of, of like you have to you can't just be at the party and just off off to the corner you, you have it. to be involved and that's really like it's 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 prescribed group think throughout all of yeah. finance and so much of like corporate life it's like you don't want to be a stick in the mud and i'm sitting there going like just not being pessimistic just to kind of look cool because you know in anyway. yeah like the best form of optimism is an informed optimism so it's like if, if you're going to just drive to drive without a map You'd be optimistic that you'll get to your destination where you're going to fall, you know, go off a bridge. It's like if you, if you have to have a sense of direction, you have to go off of history, recent history, not ancient history, to get a sense of where things potentially may go. So to answer your question, you know, when is the crash? You know, if I if I could claim, like, I wrote a 47-piece thing in mid-2007 saying things look fairly imminent, and I gave it to the firm that I worked for after the Real Estate Investment Trust. is was in the sustainability sector, a very bright head of uh, the firm, had two PhDs, and nonetheless came into the room one day. Is was like, thanks for this uh, deliverable pie. So wait, the economy's going to tank, but our green sector is just going to keep rising, right? And I, I, he's wanting me to finish yeah. this sentence. He's yeah. like, it's the same motive?" Is a yeah. very, very bright man. right? PhDs, Harvey Mudd and whatnot, but... Nonetheless, he's like, you know— Trying to find a green light. I want to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. So I don't want this t- pessimism that you just dished out to yeah. senior management to be— So they ended up getting sold, and, and it's—people, like, there's there's a sense of, like, there's a prescribed sense of optimism yeah. that is detached from critical inquiry, which begs the question over what the point of any education on a, on a formal sense is if it's suppressing your intuition the kid who's playing as a toddler in the grass and just discovering what grass is and and just shapes and how that's beaten out of you in order to be able to be able to conform to a sense of how to get ahead how to how to survive and that that formula is less and less sustainable just by nature of like look around you i mean look you cannot ignore, like, just one afternoon news piece, local news, okay? And any local, you could be in Pittsburgh listening to this. Your local news is going to. Yeah, shout the, out Pittsburgh. The, shout out to Pittsburgh. Uh, but, you know, it's like, okay, the unemployment rate, another fantastic set of numbers coming in from the Fed and the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And we'll go to that with our, you know, right afterwards, like the number of homeless in the city. Just up. LA local news is just literally, like, it's literally. That news fall or just on NPR, which is just atrocious excuse yeah, for, nobody wants and, to believe that either. Yeah, it's like no one, it's like why wouldn't you think like why are there so many homeless so, where well, you guys were talking about earlier, like the assignment is that these are lazy people, Yep, because addicts. Ha, it has to fit into that Randian sense of you know you have to work your tail off to be successful, and there's a survival of the fittest law, <laughs> so that you know if, if you're not going to cut it. Then you know you're you're basically dirt. Yeah. And so that's you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's fascinating. Alexander Hamilton called uh, it's the Grand Experiment, Mm -hmm. America. And I'm just wondering, we've seen the collapse, we've seen a a crash, if you will, in the 20s. When we see signs that it's happening towards the future, and. uh, what I was trying to originally get to was saying that I think what you do is consume things on your podcast and able to regurgitate it out for me to be able to understand. Mm -hmm. And I recently heard Jordan Peterson talk about what podcasting and this technology is doing. It's like the printing press, but it's allowing people now they can read and now beyond if now people can read, they can get info. Well, now if people can just listen, now they can get way, way more. So, until they shut off the Wi-Fi, I feel like what you're doing is so much mirroring what we're doing, which is just trying to get the real info out. And you, you figure out what trying you want.
0: To, trying to make it palatable. Yeah. The, pod, no, the yeah. revolution will be podcasted. That is the most truest sense ever. What, I mean, it's basically what Jordan Peterson said. Like Podcasting is changing the way people get information. And it is waking people up. Whether you like Alex Jones or not, and you could have your own thing... I disagree with him on some stuff. You know, a broken clock's right twice a day. So he's right on some stuff, and he's not. But who's right 100% of the time? Nobody. But people are getting information that the elites never wanted them to get before. Um, But I want to get into something real quick with you about money Mm -hmm. and how I saw a statistic which said that 20% of the world's wealth is actual tangible money, like I can hold. I can mm-hmm. hold. This is actually. I stuff.
2: commend you for past shows, by the way. Getting into gold and, and well, it's just you're gold. You're obviously well read right. enough to where you kind of know that stuff as well as the oil and petrodollar. And, so, so, yeah. so
0: my whole theory is is like it's such a diabolical game the, these elites are playing, even to the point where it's like, okay, feminism is fine. I I respect women's right to have fem. When you find out that what's her face, the Gloria. Steinem, Steinem yeah. is like a CIA <coughs> asset and Kinda stuff like that. Kissinger
2: at some point, as well. yeah,
0: right? So we're seeing like there's the, and and like feminism. I have 100. If whoever you, man woman, trans, whatever you are, you have equal rights. To everything. That's all I'm talking about. But when we see there's a CIA asset in this movement, it's like what is the diabolical decisions back here? So we see this movement to uh, free trade, jobs go everywhere. Both families, parents have to work. It's like you are spread out. Have, get married. Have kids. Have kids. Everybody's got a job. Now you don't have time to do the mm-hmm. investigating. Yep. And I have to turn on this hour
2: to find out what's going on. Literally in my- weekly to me by friends that I grew up with that are middle-aged. Like, Pi, this is great. You're- yeah. Look, I'm busy enough, Pi, with just you know painting the picket fences in the morning. My kid's karate class hell looking over my back at work cuz everyone's a dick. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's my that's the extent of my politics. How am I going to how am I going to then sweat about what's happening in Yemen or if the fed <laughs> is or or if the fed is lying. It's you know, everyone's so tightly wound it's done on purpose. and just like I just want to hold on to what I have. Yep. That I I I literally cannot afford the energy to get into the esoterica of why finance is taught as a liar that why you know I, I can't even deal with it. I'm sure there's people out there on the fringe, but I just kind of want to go along to get along.
1: Yeah. When I and ask people if you're religious mm-hmm. and they say no, I'm like, okay, so y- you, you have a bank, right? I'm like, you know the word money comes from like, what is it m- Montete, which is Latin for, uh, means mint. It goes back to Juno, the goddess. Mm-hmm. So you're worshiping a god that's literally the term money. Mm-hmm. And like you say, we're either in fear of our gods Or we're in love with them. Mm -hmm. And when you're Mr. Wall Street and you're rocking the suit, you're in love with it. But when you're Mr. Skid Row, you know, your God is consuming you like the way in the Hindu culture, Mm. into the mouth of Kali, all things must go. I saw a
2: homeless guy on Santa Monica Boulevard with a sign that made me triple take and almost hit the car in front of me. And his sign, you know, typical kind of homeless guy sign. He said, quote, "Uh, homeless is a spiritual journey. And that might sound sappy, but I, I sat there and thought, hmm. because I don't obviously didn't know the guy, and don't even know if he wrote that. But it's in the sense of like you know I don't have to try as hard as the guy in the tower who you know I'm in front in front of the tower <laughs> of hand handling, but the dudes that are like you know trying to jockey for position, yep, they have different. I'm not advising that people go homeless, right?
0: But there, but there is a the, uh, the, uh, off the grid. Type he's sense. he's
2: divorced from the sense of fear, yeah. And so I I can't claim that I'll know like, oh, the correction that you're talking about, the crash, that's yeah. like in six weeks, six and a half weeks. There's no way. Yeah. The but. crash will happen when they want to happen. And, and I, that's, you know, you're, but let me just you're ask you this
0: question. Yeah. So 20% of the actual wealth in the world yeah. is tangible, actual wealth, mm-hmm. meaning there is backed by hard, gold. Hard There's assets. Hard assets. Yeah. Meaning 80% of it, I don't want to say it's paper money because paper money is paper, yeah. but it's stat sheet money, let's say. Yeah. Ones and zeros. Okay. So what if, what if the long game is here is get everybody fat? in these countries, Mm -hmm. on ones and zeros. So you have these people... Not what
2: if, it is... So Shaq's
0: driving around on these fat cars and that, and it's like, well, you don't actually have that much money in gold, Shaq. You have, and I have nothing against Shaq. I'm just thinking somebody who's got this wealth in this kind of economy. Mm -hmm. Like, the people who are pulling strings have the 20% of the wealth, the Mm -hmm. actual tangible wealth. Everybody else is like... The emperor's new clothes wealth, right? So it's so easy just to eventually pull that cord mm-hmm. and that all crashes. Mm-hmm. And that's what it does. So, that what happens is the 20% they pull their money out, done purposefully. Yeah. Very famous how did the Rothschilds make their money? Lied yeah. about the bonds in uh, England, that yeah. England lost the war. Everybody sells, they still have their cash. They buy all the bonds,
2: now they own England. And, you know, there's t- technical terms front running and various terms that are taught when you're studying, when you're taking your exams for the licensing to go sell stocks or to, to investment banking or whatever, you know that piece of history you're, you're told not to do. And yet when you look at monetary history, it's like, okay, these are the rules and this is how I got through the hoop of getting my licenses to actually trade. But then on a different level, it's like those are the rules that are given for knowing how to go around them. And everybody else is a quote-unquote muppet. It's like the City of London finance reference to just like the the unwashed masses that are just clueless and are there by necessity for us to be able to pillage. So yes, hard assets. Gold has always been money and it always will be. J.P. Morgan himself uh, said uh, gold is money, money is gold, and all else is credit. And thus, you see why we went off the gold standard in 71 is because it was an effective default uh, on the part of the US government in the Bretton Woods arrangement. Like, you could exchange paper money for gold post World War II until you couldn't, until the French really like, de Gaulle's like, Where's our gold? Oh, you know, it's, we need Vietnam to, to actually be a success. And, uh, you know, the social programs that uh, President Johnson's put forward, they're going to (coughs) require much more money, quote unquote, than there is physical gold. And so, yeah, we're going to close that gold window because it's our way or the highway. Literally, it's our way or the Soviet way, Uh, France and England and Germany and Switzerland and everybody else. So and then, you know, not coincidentally arranging for the petrodollar arrangement a couple of years later, as you had you know, astutely pointed out in an earlier show, it's like when you have that commodity, which is not as limited as physical gold is. Right. And, and then even then some, like you know, the, the, the bits and bytes, the zeros and ones, even that hasn't been enough you know, since 71 as far as printing money. Because at this point, you see a graduation into the fintech horizon involving Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and the means of just literally conjuring, not just you know, paper money out of thin air, but defining money, however you will, with the libertarian, uh, you know, set, uh, uh, dressing on it, namely that it's actually this is very Dude, true. Dude, I like, love this. We're, we're, we're divorcing from the central banking mechanisms of the world, vis-a-vis this, this, you know, blockchain uh, and and these uh, the, the, the means of money. That is uh, so. You know, you're pro no, Bitcoin. No, I'm very yeah. critical. Yeah, I am I'm very too. Cri- because, like, look, it, it, is it a coincidence? First of all, an esoteric, there is no such thing as a coincidence, as any kind of yes. kabbalistic metaphysician will will uh, mention to you. That's and so uh, you know. Great. And yet, when did Bitcoin come about, or when did it go public, or when when did it? Who uh, made statement? it? Nobody it, the knows. Consciousness, 2009, right in the dead set middle of the f- financial crisis. Which then, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, was the crisis itself basically like a, con- a controlled demolition of sorts? You know, four hedge funds went under like mid-2007, uh, but, you know, things have crashed before. Why then d- was there a domino effect? Bear Stearns that, you know, went, uh, you know was absorbed through the 08 crisis, their stock went from like 80 bucks a share to like 2 bucks a share in like a weekend. Is that supply and demand? Or is that a bunch of guys sitting there with like a— Joystick or, or, or pressing a bunch of keys, dude.
0: It's all fake. So it's, it's, long it's you
2: know there was like a culling sense, uh, you know, consolidation, and uh, you know, a control demolition to basically cull a series of banks for a whole variety of purposes. Disclosure, uh, uh, you know, Lehman Brothers didn't participate in the long-term capital management bailout of ten years earlier, and hence this fraternity, you know, did the equivalent of the soap party. Uh, on Vincent D'Onofrio and, and Full Metal Jacket, like hitting him with soap. Yeah. Like Lehman was the soap equivalent or the, or the uh, Gomer uh, Gomer Pyle yeah. equivalent. with It's like that guy's got to go. And uh, so they, they, sacrifice they him, take right? Lehman out. Yeah, And, uh, you know, and it's like so it was a sense of was that accidental that the O.A. crisis came about? Not necessarily. Well, the next, you know, the, the second leg dropping to the O.A. crisis will that necessarily be uh, accidental these people think long term yeah dude you can't have a dollar like you know 1913 federal reserve you take over the means of just what money even means but you know that this this currency that you're operating with at some point is going to become like this dirty used dish rag well, and you're going to have to replace it with something else so i doubt that the introduction of cryptocurrencies in general let alone bitcoin is kind of the flagship to kind of you know test it, and got, they pump the price from yeah, like eight hundred, yeah. and then they
0: knock it down. Nobody knows real quick.
2: Up to twenty grand—that's not supply and demand either. They're pumping it if, in order to draw attention and in order to get speculators to be aware of it. If you
0: put the dollar on oil, there's unlimited amount of oil. You can print unlimited amount of funny money. So don't think of the U.S. dollar, let's say, as an actual dollar. Let's think about it as. Monopoly money, right? Mm -hmm. So now you're going around the world and you're bribing everybody with this monopoly money. Mm -hmm. You are literally making fake money and bribing them Mm -hmm. to pass these laws.
2: It's a confidence trick because what are you going to do? The dollar is the core means of exchange for now. Oh so yeah, I'm take for sure these, take these suitcases full of cash Yeah And live it's comfortably It's fake money Everyone's got a price Yeah And what's yours? You know, it's like
0: They bought everything And they changed the rules Of how we operate with each other Based on fake money That they made up out of nowhere but what
2: is money? What is it? Meaning, what does it dictate within you? It controls fear better than the threat of death itself Right Not for everyone you know, but certain people have a certain code of faith and honor and, and uh, epistemology. But otherwise, everyone's concerned about not having an, enough. Some having too much. What do I do with it? How do I tactically deploy it to be to be playing my game? You know, Gates all of a sudden this like philanthropist, you know, giving away his billions because he's part of a game at a different level than the schmo than the schmo living down the street from me. Yeah. So it's it's how are they able to do that? And what are the stakes now, where potentially the Far East is trying to strip the monopoly basis of pricing, trading, and rece- recycling of of uh, of money with regard to oil pricing and trading, trying to trying to take that crown away from the dollar for, with the petro yuan or and then the China's removable. doing that as well. They're trying. You know, it, like it, it all said, comes
1: back to nerds. I mean, when we really think about it, and I mean that in the nicest way. The reason we're on oil and petrodollars is because we need to make tiny little explosions so we move our engines. We have the ability to have cold fusion mm-hmm. so we could have free energy. We then now remove the who's, ability. Who's we? Humanity, all of humanity should have free energy by 20 friggin nineteen twenty twenty. 2020. We have those technologies We even have like air compressed engines that can operate a vehicle and it has zero emissions So we have green technologies But none of these things are going to be employed because the end all is for us to be enslaved Globally like we always talk about a one world order and when I talk when I think about bitcoin is this the, is this the one world currency is this Dude, the one world it's, it's, that it's we've
0: like been? a floater balloon towards it Well he talks yeah. about like oh what happens when the internet goes off There's a famous story that just came out like within a month or two of a man who lost his
2: laptop and now he literally can't access millions of dollars but in just this gone. I mean, this is like my third arm in a lot of ways it's more important than the, than the wallet in my pocket like if you're if, if someone's smartphone's missing, the psychological impact that is on them is like worse than a purse missing, and that's been conditioned over just fairly acute amount of time. So uh, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin cryptos are a means of getting to the point where forget the internet being taken out. It's a if you're misbehaving enough, Mr. Sam Tripoli, yeah, then uh, your economic existence will be turned off. Yep, because whatever 10, 15 years from now, whether you're chipped or otherwise, it's you know your your means of consumption. Is tied to bits and bytes or you know, zeros and what ones somewhere. Um, you know, see, so see, China already experimenting on the state Social, level with yeah. with, with mm-hmm. tracking, you know, uh, their their populace and track and in people having like ratings for their behavior yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. It's like that's, I mean, it's it's getting to the pos- and, and so what is money? Uh, and this really kind of ties other other episodes that your blessed show has covered over years thank you 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 thank you you have to Aaron. you have to be able to and i noticed some you have to be able to uh connect for lack of a less trite phrase connect dots with regard to money on an esoteric level uh, as far as what it is meant to achieve not just you know the bills in your pocket Mm. but the meaning of of worth and uh money is energy it's you know the the most efficient means of human energy it's like that's all fine and good but money you know bs talks money you know money talks bs walks so meaning like what did your effort what did your labor actually achieve in a tangible measurable sense namely money and so the more trackable the money gets namely digital crypto and then you know uh the more
0: you can be Oh, yeah. tracked. They'll and be like, man, this guy's spending way too much money on Pornhub premium content. Whatever. You
1: yeah. know? I wonder how many conversations the dollar bill itself has sprung with conspiracy theorists being super stoned and just being like, hey, man, you see this little thing? It's a spider. No, it's an owl. And then next thing you know, it's like, why is this dollar bill not changed? Yeah. Who created it? Who's yeah. Nicholas Roeck? Why is the Federal Reserve this? And it, like you say, it's a starting point for people that don't wear tinfoil hats. To understand that somewhere deep inside,
2: money—the a, a long, long game. game. I, I love your game, uh, your show, and thank you, and and the, t- the title of the show and everything, but tinfoil hat. And I know it's tongue in cheek, but conspiracy theory. I don't need to tell you guys is a deployed phrase from government intelligence. JFK, in or you know, but just to have legs, if you will. So thus, anything that is not you know uno- unofficially prescribed information. Should go under this category: blood nut theory, yep. or you know, excessive. Should People now so. use
0: conspiracy theory to explain or dismiss things they've done no research on. Mm-hmm. So you're like, "Hey, man, uh, we did a coup in Iran in '50." Uh, conspiracy theory, and like, no, you're just you well, don't the, know it.
2: The head of my network is uh, just today. Uh, Newsbook put out a piece about the next six months and a reprise of the '53 coup is is literally in motion right now the government. Uh, is uh, trying to mobilize forces within the Iranian military. What I said earlier, everyone's got a price, so that was the offer to them is like, you know, why don't we buy you and your loyalty and then save your country from catastrophe? Oh, and by the way, after the coup, you'll be positioned in, in very keen positions. With and, and fake money. Whatever, with fake money, and it's like, that's literally as, we're, it's, it's, it's in the works. It's in the work. Two years ago, they tried it with Turkey, didn't necessarily go as planned, Right now they're in the process of literally planning it over the next half a year with Iran. But how many other – it's endless numbers of, of nations where traders uh, have uh, prices that they're willing to advertise uh, because, as they say, like money money talks. So if, if everyone's starving within this country and yet someone pulls me over and says, you know, here's your net worth in a year and a half if you cooperate. Yeah then it's, you know, I got kids that are starving or whatever. It's like, so it dictates human behavior uh, vis-a-vis fear better than most things.
0: I want to get into something real quick with you because it's always this theory I have. Now, when a country goes socialist... With the exception of England, because I think England and the United States we've had podcasts before where we talked about lost tribes of Israel, lost tribes of Israel versus pagans, and we kind of see that starting to play out right now with Germany sending or supposedly sending money. We don't know if it's real or not six hundred million or six hundred billion dollars to uh, Iran, and you know the whole the, that's what's going to be lost tribes versus the pagans, but mostly when we see socialist countries. Uh, Start to fall uh, or they're trying to get off the U.S. petrodollar and they start to fall and everyone's like, look, failed state. But what they don't want to talk about is that purposefully the United States puts trade bargos on them Mm -hmm. and makes it so impossible for that system to survive because everything is based off the United States. And our market, and our purchasing the, power. The, if we weren't that, the currency itself,
2: w- the dollar itself, is means you could attack another country's currency, whether it's the Venezuelan bolivar or the Turkish lira or the uh, Iranian rial, any you know, Russia's rubles, um, because the dollar, and to a certain extent, because the dollar is the the reserve currency, post World War II reserve currency, and is most efficient for purposes of trade. Investments certainly uh, most commo- important commodities priced and traded, and, re- and so when you're working off of the dollar, then it's easy to just you know poke away. So your coup didn't work, but that's fine. We'll go ahead and just trash their economy through much uh, <laughs> very tacit means, and hence you see like Turkey's currency like start to tweak, and like you know people internal the Turkey and it's like uh, there's no plausible reason why this should be happening. Well, of course. Is because the money system is tighter, more digital, more centralized, and certainly not any kind of free market scenario. So that's all for uh, outside consumption, for motivation purposes, uh, free market capitalism, market fundamentalism. It's all very kind of controlled and vertically integrated. Um, and the other thought, you know, it's like to be too cryptic on your show, but it's like go when, for it. We when, love when that when everyone is controlled via money, in the sense of like money dictating your your behavior and your your motivation and your energy level and your output. So the individual can be turned off if they're really misbehaving. So that you know you, you have nothing. Sorry, uh, Mr. Smith, you have nothing in your account. Yeah, uh, not even for a, a biox. Like I just want to te No, done. So one person the collective that wayward cult that nation and you gentlemen are no strangers to population reduction in the inevitable sense of like planning we can't be on this seven billion towards ten billion people on the planet scenario over the next decade this needs to reverse we need to take out as many as possible as efficiently as possible and and in a sense like if, if the a thought that i had was you know Money uh, may be more effective in doing that just by tactical starvation measures, by turning everybody's things off in a certain region, than past Byzantine, very cryptic, very bloody uh, pogrom and Holocaust-level means of of population reduction. So do you necessarily need gas chambers uh, when you can, you know, but what was happening in uh, India uh, within the past two years, as far as this abrupt shift? I did one of my shows on on uh, on on money, uh, going you know, forcing digital cash and doing away with physical cash as much as possible. Yeah, and, you know, this that the Indian uh, government is like, okay, by the way, these these very common notes were done; they're not going to be. And most Indians work with physical money, yeah, paper money, and they couldn't. So you know, people are killing themselves and there's just, like, mayhem in the streets simply because of, like, somebody clicked a switch and said, we're not going to be printing these two leading, like, imagine with us, like, a $20 bill and a $100 bill or whatever. So you don't have to be a drug dealer, you know, going from, you know, Latin America into Florida with suitcase, you know, the trite image of the trite, you know, what are you using these $100 bills for? Although that's the premise under which they'll be doing away with the $100 bill, presumably, here as well. It's like, they they use it for trade. They you know it's like but let's push as aggressively as possible to get everybody on mobile phones and and, and uh money by digital means. And Gates is actually very kind of Bill Gates is kind of leading the charge here. Uh he
0: keeps talking about mass famine, mass hmm. uh, some disease that's gonna kill thirty million people. Yeah. Malaria, I believe. So like you know, oh dealing with
2: diseases, population issues on a global basis and He's hyper-amped, as is his foundation, about digital cash. It's like, are these related in any sense, or am I, like, overthinking? Yeah, I'm willing to be corrected as as long as people just don't throw the pen and say, uh, you know, flat-earther, or you're dumb, or you're overreaching, because, you know, there's a whole series of things that can be cited at this point. Um,
1: So if digital currency and the technology, if you will is just technology and we don't look at it for positive or negative much like the wheel like one day guy made a wheel and he was like one day everyone's going to use this in every country and it's going to make the world better Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah but what about the guy that walks the stones from the river up the mountain he's going to be out of a job like well it's technology man extrapolate that forward the Luddites during the Industrial Revolution that went into the machine shops and smashed up all the the looms because they were losing their jobs. Nowadays, the neo Ludites, people like me and Ted Kaczynski, if you read portions of his like... Manu- it's a weird his, crew, bro. That's ma- a weird ...manifesto. <laughs> <coughs> he was basically saying is we're moving towards automation. But it's inevitable, it seems like. So wouldn't it make sense that eventually we will be a one-world government? Whether... It is nefarious. What if the one world government, uh, 300, 400 years from now, is the only religion is love? Unfortunately, the portal we had to go through, we had to go through like hell to get there. I'd like to think there's some part of me like maybe at the very tip of this crazy elite, there's some crazy Duncan Trussell, peaceful hippie that's like, hey, man, this has got to happen, you know? Mm.
0: So, well, I don't know if you get to that level, if you show that kind of compassion. They're very specific on how you get there. That's that
2: whole... P- so, I mean, yeah, we are moving towards it. Well, a common mean,
1: misconception is that yeah. even um, even evil people can get the blessings of gods. So the idea that we've been talking about, this knowledge, gnosis, mm-hmm. this is just all knowledge, the knowledge that eventually the human, the not human experiment, but the American experiment is going to either fail or succeed. but What was the
2: American experiment? Attempt was, to do
1: something different, right? Like we, we left Europe and we left everything or behind. To, or
2: to serve as a catalyst towards this inevitable world government Basically,
0: Yeah, if it's yes. a long game and we're talking, you know, lost tribes versus pagans, this was all part of the plan. I mean, there are people who are very powerful, have been playing this game for a long time, that have enough power and money to force certain scenarios
2: to happen how wide of a hegelian dialectic can you conceive of wide meaning you know in the time mm. spans and, you know, do they necessarily need to involve like just a few decades or can they spread out over multiple centuries if you study <laughs> like marx karl marx like swore by hegel he relied on but the way that either hegel or marx are taught in what i call retail philosophy namely the barnes and noble that you go to and you see the philosophy section, or you know your typical collegiate philosophy. It's it's exoteric. It's it's not esoteric. It's, so you know, there's a book by Glenn Maggie. Um, it was an English academic, uh, and it was published by Cornell Press uh, on Hegel and Hermeticism. Hmm. I mean, it's just like I, I wonder like how it even got published because it's talking about Hegel on those other layers. Magical. Interesting. And just, you know, you look at the—and uh, the whole PDF is online, actually, for those listening. If you put Hegel, Hermeticism, PDF into Google, you'll have it come up and just look—read it, but look at the table of contents and on Hegel you know, hundreds of years ago, getting into uh, Kabbalistic metaphysics. Like, where was that within the discussion of Hegel at the collegial level? Maybe some very kind of forward-looking— and that kind of like to then me 15 years ago reading about like Leo Strauss is like the godfather of the the Mm -hmm. neoconservatives but then Strauss would teach people at the University of Chicago in an esoteric fashion or otherwise and stuff back then like early 30s I was just like what is esoteric versus exodus and then eventually resenting the surface level retail political science and political philosophy that I was taught and realizing no there's layers of knowledge that if you have the nuance, you have the background, then you're able to read Hegel or Marx or these others in a different fashion. It's so And you see incredible. like the dialectic is very kind of long term.
1: And to bring it full circle, yeah. since we were talking about collapse and Anne Rand, um, uh, sh- there's a quote from her, we can evade reality, but we cannot evade the consequences of evading reality.
0: That's a great quote from a crazy lady. <laughs> what a great quote Should that we is. find out well, what I, You can act like it's not, something's not going to go down. I mean, that's a great way of basically defining denial.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Aaron? Yeah. yeah? Aaron. Aaron.
1: Don't be an idiot.
0: A. a Ron. Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. You filthy animal. Aaron thoughts.
1: Well, this this has been incredibly fascinating. Um, I do worry about... The financial markets and stuff like that. I mean, ever since 2008, they've been saying, you know, the economy's going up and up and up. But, you know, wages and all that shit hasn't, despite the cost of living rises. So, it is very interesting and crazy and scary. You worried about your children's future?
0: Of course. He doesn't have to worry about my trying. Own. He's trying so hard to get that lady to put out a
2: kid. Well... He's trying. We're working on it. Just, I think
0: you should let us watch and maybe give some tips it on how have. to make it
2: happen. It couldn't hurt. Figure where were you uh, 11 years ago, Aaron? Uh, 07, 08. And if you had to do it again, uh, what would you do differently from then? And then that would provide, and for any of us really, and, and for listeners, that would provide a germ of motivation for how to look at this without like just ab- abject despair. Just plan. Yeah. Know more than the other person. Know as much as you can and uh, plan, plan with that information. Learn to hunt. Learn to uh, karate. Learn how to
0: uh, <laughs> make clean water. And uh, buy gold, and you'll be fine.
1: Um, I also like that we found the one guy who saw Wall Street 2 Money Never Sleeps.
2: Great <laughs> <Dave Schoen. laughs> film. Great film, and it's uh, a series of those films. Uh, Moneyball, obviously, which you've referenced before, but then Boiler Room, Mm -hmm. which was Giovanni Rubisi. I mean, that was was quoted within the literal Boiler Room that I worked in like eight years ago. Oh, my God. uh, Each one of these films were made, uh, the filmmaker made them as warnings. (laughs) Yeah. And, And people within industry, like, swear. By the lines within them, as as motivation for being the the uh, antagonist within the film.
1: Monkey I, see, monkey I do. Picture dude, Dick yeah. Cheney with like nineteen eighty four, and he's like, "Guys, I got it. It's right here."
0: That guy, how that guy still walks the earth is unbelievable. Well, I hope that I mean, like, I know sometimes you know this is a comedy podcast, and sometimes we go into some stuff that makes you guys go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Knowledge is power, dude. Knowledge is power. And uh, I think it's important to know these stuff. And I think it's important to, like, take a moment and, you know, bring some people in to listen to these things. Tell a friend who gets it because the more knowledge is out there, the more maybe we might be able to plan. Or just start taking those karate classes and those with the bow hunting and learning how to purify water. And let's get some gold, man. If you got gold, you want me to buy? It, hit me up,
1: cash. I gotta start those cash for gold things, dude. Yeah, pie. Tell them where they can find all your social media and your podcasts, everything.
2: Just uh, newsbud. Uh, dot com. Uh, we are. Is uh, it independently sourced? And yeah, there's no uh, money from corporations or I from it, uh, the Soros type people or whatnot. It's all kind of just folks online uh, subscribing or buying uh, one off uh, episodes on on uh the mayor or whatnot and uh you know the the owner and uh main uh, editor Sibel Edmonds, wants to keep it like that uh, because yeah. you're removing uh incentives that even you know Pacifica or, or or seemingly progressive uh news media has because you don't have influencers from government or from corporations telling you and so people will be like okay yeah but then anybody could set up their own network and claim that they're a journalist <laughs> It's like there's also the rigor, the sense of like I've studied this much in order to then, like with ceaseless abandon attack us. I print out 50 to 100 pages every two weeks. Jeez. And, and you're coupled with the text that I have in order to delve into the subject, excuse me, the subject that I will then produce the 20 minutes to 45 minute uh, episode. I love uh, it, dude. I owe it to myself as well as to people that, May not find what CNBC is discussing as as the abject truth. So I'm
0: gonna send my yeah. girlfriend to start checking that out. She loves watching MSNBC, and it's killing me. I love you, Payan. You're a fucking G, dude. Uh, will you need to come back more often? Uh, I would love to have you be on here once every month once every two months we'll work it out you guys are real. Ryan you're a G dude Skankfest, NYC baby Aaron we broke in a little bit we're starting to get in that skull of yours bro we're starting to get Aaron you know what you were you were like the dog when I took the blanket. and I threw it up and I disappeared and I f- skull fucked you right there you had a great show man today today was a victory for the truth seekers dude we got the Aaron Aaron's waking up bro five Let star us... reviews Patreon on. Let's watch the- you guys have sex. Alright, guys, you guys are great. Have a great night. We'll see you on the next episode of Tim Foil Hat. Holla at your boy.